What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in Where's Huddle with me, Bram, and with me per usual, my master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime, I couldn't be more fired up to announce that joining us for the first time in Huddle history, a remarkably supportive and strong father who has described his son as his hero more than once, a new and important member of the Warriors family who has embraced the team culture and whose intelligence and relentless support on social media has already been deeply appreciated by Dub Nation, and the man who helped shape Brandon Pajemski, my favorite Warriors rookie in a long time, Mr. John Pajemski. What's going on, John? Hey, hey. Hi, guys. Uh, appreciate and Thank you for having me on. Uh, wow. How do I follow that introduction? <laughs> Here, here's how you follow it. I'm going to try to get through an awkward compliment. Just get out of the way before we jump in. All right. So I... Okay. John, I pretend to be a media member. I hold myself out as a media member. You'll notice within the first 10 seconds of this thing, I am not. I am a Warriors <laughs> fan. I've been a Warriors fan for way too long. I've spent like the first couple of years pretending to be objective. Again, I'm not in any way. And what I said up front, I meant. Brandon, um, his moxie, his calm under pressure, there's all of these things I genuinely appreciate. And as a person who has a relationship with both his dad and my kid, I am positive you played a very large role in shaping Brandon and who he is today. So here's the awkward part. Thank you, man. You know, <laughs> speaking on behalf of the entire Warriors Dub Nation, we appreciate you. And I at least want to say that right from the outset here. Hey, and I'd like to say Dub Nation has welcomed our family with open arms, truly. I mean, this ain't no suck up. I mean, I had heard that it was a massive following when uh, my son started attending Santa Clara. And I remember that night when he got selected and Herb Sendek, his coach said, you don't understand the magnitude. And we thought, Oh, like Jalen, you know, Williams did in Oklahoma. Yep. They said, no, the, the fandomonium is, I guess I'd call it Great around word. the world is just, amazing and the outpour and our family thanks you guys and every one of the dub nation i mean truly 
let's let's make it even let me weaponize that and make it even a more narrow compliment so i have i've been rooting for these guys for four decades john longer than i care to admit we may get rid of that quote so the audience doesn't know how old i am and i can <laughs> tell you that support doesn't always come we we have had rookies who have come in here and the you know the the response hasn't been as universally positive as we've seen with brandon so this isn't a byproduct of the fan base this is a byproduct of who your family is and what brandon has meant to this fan base so i'm glad i had a chance to say that yeah and you know let's you'll see i've got a thousand questions about brandon but i'd be crazy if i didn't start with some stuff about you okay. and let's begin here so brandon grows up in wisconsin is that where you're from initially as well absolutely yeah i actually out of milwaukee wisconsin all right and i also know that you'll you'll find i've stalked you in preparation for today i knew you <laughs> played baseball at least through high school growing up is that right Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Among other things, there was one other thing I did, just like my son, how he transitioned from one thing. I as well uh, got into what you would call today the X Games or the Do Tour, oh. where you did stuff on your bikes, on your 20 inch bikes. Uh, back then it was called AFA, which was the American Freestyle Association. Oh, let's go. So, the idea of like crashing, taking hits. I mean, the, one of the things that I associate Brandon with is taking these charges. And we're going to talk about that in a minute and the, the toughness it shows. But it sounds like your own kind of recreational background, you didn't shy away from contact. If, you know, it sounds like it was on two wheels as opposed to on the court, but that's, that's kind of part of who you were. Correct. Except uh, there was three categories that they had back then. Uh, today, you mostly see the big giant vert ramps. Yeah or the small launch ramps. So you would have like vert and then you had, which would be street. And then they had what was called flatland where you're actually on the ground and you're whipping the bike around, spinning the bike around you and doing stuff. And that's what just intrigued me about that. And just like my son, when you have that deep, deep passion for that, you just, it, it, it consumes you every minute that you have on it. Yeah, now, sure. I can't take credit for either because my son can't. I tried to even show him some of this stuff. He can't do that. But boy, can that guy shoot them threes on me and uh, <laughs> definitely make it. me lose in horse. <laughs> and speaking as someone who needs him on the court, let's go ahead and not teach him how to do any vert ramps or anything like that. You know, let, <laughs> True. Let's keep verticality, you know, only in the basketball setting. Um, how about basketball? Did you grow up like a Bucks fan or was, was hooping your life as a No, kid? believe it or not, that's what everybody is really intrigued. And I'm sure Dub Nation is going to hear something maybe for the first time. Our family whatsoever has nothing, no ties, anything ever with basketball, ever. What we did, and the only one who can take credit here, and I guess if we're giving plugs to things, would be uh, 2K sports and PlayStation because as a, as he was growing up as a kid, we didn't, we let him play video games when he wasn't out playing sports, but we would only buy the sports games. So technically he was learning stuff from 2k Madden, uh, college NCAA. We never bought him back then would have been call of duty, grand theft. We never bought him any of that. It was any sports game that you want, you can have. 
but never there. But no, nobody in our family ever played basketball or even really watched basketball. We just started watching when Giannis came. <laughs> I mean, that not shocking, unfortunately enough. And in fact, I, I read that Brandon played baseball, yeah, until Absolutely. seventh grade. Um, so uh, here I'll share a little something about myself. So my kid's eight years old. I'm desperately trying to push her into basketball. And I so far, I mean, kind of successful, not really. For you, I mean, you grew up playing baseball. Brandon's playing baseball. And then he switches over to basketball. Were you upset at all? Like, was was there a period of time like, no, you're supposed to be a baseball guy? Or did you just roll with the punch? Devastated. Yeah. Devastated. <laughs> I, I mean, it can't underscore. It was like somebody ripped my heart out. Like, <laughs> how'd you play it, John? Did you tell him, like, no, I want you to stay, or did you, you know, do whatever, whatever look, it is you want to do? I can tell you exactly where it was, how it went <laughs> down to a T. We were coming back. You know, Brandon's real modest on just saying, like, yeah, I told my dad. And I, like, when you look at it in hindsight, I was so consumed because he has, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Dub Nation, as well as everybody else that sees him saw what that it that he has that it factor i saw that but i saw that in baseball only and people would tell me this now when he says basketball true we did not take anything serious i let him play on his elementary school and his middle school only on the off months when he's not doing baseball sure and it was like anybody, I would get these people that would tell me, oh, he's a basketball player. And I'd be like, no. And everybody knew, like, if you were to ask anybody in around the area, the state, they all know, like, anybody that we know for sports couldn't say our last name is either. So they would always just say pods. So if anybody came across and said, hey, pods, you knew it had something related to sports <laughs> on there. Because if they didn't say Pajemski or John and Brandon, it was usually J-Pod or B-Pod, you know, the, the pods, those those two. And he's like, anytime someone would ask about it, he go, go ask his dad, but he's going to tell you he's a baseball player. He doesn't play anything. And it, it took a lot of nerve. Like when you look at it now of where everything is and what's transpired, which I'll give you a little quick background of it. When he did this, and it just ripped my heart out. We're driving back from a baseball tournament. And now I look at it and I'm going, okay, he would have been age 13. Yeah, 13 at that point. And to have his dad, who is so engulfed in baseball for him, yeah. and he's doing it, and he's doing it now not so much for the love of the game. He's doing it more to please his father. Mm-hmm. But now come to that decision where he's going to tell his dad this day, not in an argument. We weren't in no argument, nothing. We were driving back. And he just said, dad, I, I got something to tell you. And for now to look at that and think you got your daughter that's eight, you know, and to think in a couple more years when she gets to that age, for them to stand up and say like, no, this is what my love is. It, it was amazing, but at that point, I was like, what? And I remember the conversation went, Dad, I don't love it anymore. It's too easy. It's boring, and I don't love it. And all I was stuck on was the easy. I was like, 
that is a gift. Do you know how many times people would want to say, exactly you right. know, I says, that's a gift, Brandon. He's just like, dad, I don't, I don't want to do it anymore. And at that time, we're just starting to get buzzed. Like you can't play baseball up in Wisconsin. We know that you have to go down South. So we were always in, I'd save my vacation. We'd play on different travel teams where you would go down and play in the South in Georgia you know, in Florida. I mean, it was that good for him. And he was just starting to get buzzed from colleges, you know, like not saying, Hey, we're offering you or anything. It was, Hey, asking about this kid who was a lefty pitcher. Tell me a little more about him. Um, you know, we're going to keep an eye, you know, on him and stuff like that. He keeps performing like he is. He's got great, you know, feel as well as location. Yeah. And Speed wasn't there, but his location and his pitches that he had of assortment that he could do was just, you knew it. But for him to tell me that, and I remember then my next thing was, so we're going to throw it all away, all these years. (laughs) Now, mind you, he had been playing travel ball. Now, this is when we're leaving the state, leaving the state at eight, eight years old. So picture your daughter and you're packing up and leaving now and going out of state. And that's all that flashed for me. And I remember going back to my folks, to his mother, and I go, do you believe this? And he wants to play basketball. And yeah. he, he said to me, and I'll never forget these words on there, and I tell this to everybody because everybody always brings up, is this true? He was like a, a very good baseball player. And then I was like, yep. And then we gave it all up for basketball. Uh, he had said to me, he goes, Dad, if you just let me play basketball, I'll make you proud. Huh. And I'm I'm not trying to have a tear-jerky moment story here, but he has made the family, his mother, his grandparents, myself, so enamored, you know, but it didn't come easy because mm-hmm. then started the, okay, you want to do this? At first, I wanted him to fail. I wanted him to be no like, would. of it's, course, it's, yeah. it's a fad. All right, you want to do it? Okay. So we took the same approach we did in baseball. You're going to play up. You're going to huh. play against older guys. And I remember the first time he said to me, uh, Dad, that guy has a mustache and a beard. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, and you think that they're going to just, oh, because it's Brandon, we're only going to take the... 14 year olds and you're only going to play with 14s i said this is the real world and i said we could always go back to baseball and he's like no no and uh he stuck with it he he did and he continued because our family like you guys see the the determination the charges on which i'm sure you'll get into yeah and but our family is just so competitive but we went on this journey and when I saw he had that same love where he would want to practice just like he did baseball. He was doing it in basketball and say, come out, dad, come on and basically be the slave and just get the rebounds for him. You know, he'd say, come on out and shoot. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get to shoot nothing. That was (laughs) rebound, (laughs) rebound. But his love and his determination to do it by by himself 
it comes from the family itself because we're very, very competitive. (laughs) So I want to hear a lot about that. First credit where it's due. The idea that at 13, he would have the wherewithal and the courage to tell you that and then stick with it. I mean, that's, that is unusual. I don't think I had that at 13 and then credit to you. So keeping this personal, right? 13, 12, 13, like that's probably right around where you're going to start ramping it up. You had a, I mean, if you played, you probably had a thousand drills. You had a whole setup of how you're going to develop his skill set. You're, you're just getting ready. And then when you're right at that outset for him to tell you, actually, I'm switching directions. It's got to be a real tough punch to absorb and then move forward. Um, and just as a random aside, as a baseball fan, I mean, there's a lot of words we can use to describe baseball. Easy is not one of them. You know, yeah. like the, the world's greatest hitters hit it one or three out of 10 times, you know, so right. that he achieved that is, uh, is impressive. But let me talk to you about the competitiveness and the toughness, right? So Brandon and Deb Nation, our relationship with him only goes about three months back now. But the one thing we've seen consistently, even before he started, is this real mental and physical toughness, right? Didn't matter if he's coming off the bench, didn't matter if he's out there with the starting five, no shot, no moment was too big. But as you just alluded to, maybe a better example are the charges. He's, he's got 12 charges that leads the, uh, the rookies in the NBA. It is also fourth overall in every player in the league as far as charges taken. And if you had to define mental toughness, I think it's the charge, right? You gotta, you gotta have the wherewithal to know to where you are, where you need to be, place yourself in front of the world's greatest athletes, and then have the, the wherewithal and toughness to stand there and allow them to bowl you over without moving your feet. Uh, John, I don't think I could take one charge, <laughs> right? And he's at 12. So this toughness we've been alluding to, you called it an it factor earlier. Where the hell does that come from, man? Did, did you guys cultivate it? Is, is this something he's been raised to, to show? I mean, where, where do you think it came from? You know, that's a very good question. And I always start by saying, I, I know how a lot of people will give myself and his mother and our family credit. But like we always say, it still takes a village to raise a young man. I, I mean, it doesn't matter what year it is. You know, it's it's the same no matter what. And for us, it started at home, of course. I never let them win at anything. And <laughs> I mean, and when I mean our family's competitive, we are so competitive that it still goes to this day. In fact, we have a tradition on, so I'll bounce around a little bit just to give you an idea how crazy this is. But every Father's Day, we have where it's Brandon, myself, my brother, and my dad. So three generations. And on Father's Day, we go play miniature golf. And the loser has to buy for everybody ice cream. Wait, there's more. The winner gets to smile in the picture that you have to take, and the other people cannot smile. And you get to use that throughout the year when every time somebody's going to talk crap about something, <laughs> they go, but what about this? <laughs> so that's like how it, and that it still happens to today. John, does it get, ten, so I'm going to, oh, um, if that's me, right? Because my family, we're so competitive, we cheat in everything. Like and if there's a board game, it ends in tears. Yeah. <laughs> so like the, the way that you've described, we're using ice cream, smiles. These are all happy words. But right. when that game is being played, is it cutthroat? You know, like, oh, is, yeah. it, is it pretty tough? There's a lot of swear words, even <laughs> yeah. though he was young. I mean, we've been doing this for years. And before that, 
uh, we have this thing called the washer toss. Okay. It's kind of like cornhole, but you put a pipe in the ground, each one, kind of like horseshoes, but you got these washers and you got to chuck them in. My dad made a trophy for that. And if somebody won that, you got to carry that trophy for the year on there. And we would do that and it would always be my, you know, grandpa's want to be, which I'm sure you're, you know, you can contest to on there. They always want to be the fun, not have anything. And so my dad would always be like, okay, it would be a final four right away because it's just us four, right? And so what would end up happening is my dad would try to knock me out, wouldn't happen. And my brother, he would sometimes de deliberately lose to get Brandon to go. So it would always be me and him head to head. Now, this would, now, we're, now people might say this is cruelty, but this is at age five. He is five, okay? And we would do this and he would lose and he would go screaming. We would usually do it up north. So it would be at, uh, we had a travel trailer and he'd go and he would just be like, why can't I win? Why can't I win? And I, he would do that for maybe 30 seconds. And then he would come storming out and he'd go, let's play again. Let's, go. let's <laughs> play again. And we would play. So then my brother thought, okay, I could take out myself and my dad will toss the game. And here goes, who's in the final two again? It's us two. And he, what's your call, would lose. And my dad would just be like, why do you do that? And I said, because honestly, that's real life. When yeah. we go for a job, all right. If one guy is doing the job and the other one isn't, and I got to lay somebody off, I'm laying off the guy. We all don't get laid off. We all don't get a trophy. And he learned that early on from us in our family. And so everything has always been competitive. It's about anything and everything. We will always be competitive. And it, it, it carried on even to into high school because then we went, he went to military school. And a shout out real quick to all our servicemen, because that was one of the best things of preparing them actually, not for college, but what he's facing right now of being in the NBA. And um, only to show off that we've done a little bit of preparation. If we have that draft day clip, go ahead and play it here, Maxime. You, you in fact, talked about St. John's Northwestern Military Academy. I know that's where Brandon went. Mm -hmm. Um and here's a quote you offered after he got drafted. I mean, you're going to see some that just don't understand his work ethic. He went to a military school. Someone says, jump, you don't ask how high you do it. He will run through a wall for this organization. And he gets to have Steph with him. Priceless. So we got some Steph stuff coming. But the military school, if I'm reading it right, was that a sleepaway school? Yeah. During the week, it, it was military. So in other words, just like how a military is, you would stay there during the week, but then you would have weekend pass. And we were doing two things for him. He had been offered in high school now at that point from four different high schools that wanted him to come. That's like they knew, like the floodgates opened the second like Brandon's dad's letting him play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was so he did a tournament and he's always been competitive and everything. So this would be his, I guess you would say coming out to the thing and his confidence. He was always confident because, um, because I remember one his ass beat by you since he was five years old. You know? and so <laughs> well, he's looking for some wins. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> let's just put it this way. I will concede. 
he started starting to win when he was eight. He started <laughs> he started winning yeah. a few on there, so he, it was like mm, okay. But you you kept giving it, and I will say for the record, at this Father's Day, I had had won in the the tournament of when we were doing our miniature golf, and I remember his mother asking him. Did you kind of lay up for your dad? And he's like, no, I wasn't going to give him <laughs> that satisfaction of that. Is there a picture out there, John, of you smiling, eating ice cream? Uh, did you guys oh, keep the tradition um, going? I think we keep that one's always to ourselves. We don't, yeah, like, I'm sure, like, as you're digging around, my Facebook and my um, uh, Twitter is open to the public to view. So, I mean, it's been many of, as this journey's been happening, again, since high school, he, it's an open book of like archives of just looking at how Brandon has come along, everything. And I kind of dedicate that, you know, to him so he can always see and I can always see as well as now Dub Nation can see. Yep. But it's, it, it's just like I knew this would be important to him and the Internet's never going away. But some of the stuff we have kept like a lot of. The only thing I think I do outside of my birthday is always thank uh, mothers on Mother's Day yeah. is like our thing. But mostly everything is dedicated just to him. And so he'll be able to show his kids. We make a big point of talking about that, you know, with his character and how he is. And like, it's funny to get back to what you had mentioned. A lot of people, I, I that quote and that video that went viral of that. Um, I'd laugh. I, I really laugh at some of the people's comments on there because in the moment when we were saying something and it's the truth and you're trying to express it, I mean, you see that part where I, like, I stop myself and I'm like, you just, you just don't understand. And people that know him and as Dub Nation is starting to know him as well as you guys, they go, I get what he's saying. Like, it's hard to put into words, like, but he's, it's that military that is that next phase. And again, I, I can't thank much, you know, so much to our servicemen for their service that they do. But what it teaches you is that exact same thing. Like you're taught to do the mission. And yeah. the two big credos that the school has had is you're only as strong as your weakest link and you leave no man behind. Mm -hmm. And you can see that in Brandon's character as well. The St. John, when you said the credos, right? And you're only yeah. as strong as your weakest link. It immediately made me think of an article I was reading literally just uh, earlier today, getting ready for this. And Brandon was talking about the charges and he dropped that line. And he said, not all of us are the most athletic. Not everyone's going to be jumping out of gyms. And so if you haven't been blessed athletically, you need to find your way to impact the game. You cannot be the weakest link. And I don't think in that article it was attributed to St. John's. And now this makes perfect sense. You know, you find, you figure out what you are phenomenal at, and that's the skill set you use to help out the team. Um, right. And I tell you what, when, when he was there, so from what I can tell, Brandon in both high school and then college too, it's like a, a tale of two cities, right? In the, uh, for example, as a freshman at St. John's, he doesn't necessarily take No, no, no. He, freshman? Freshman year, he was at Muskego High School. Uh -huh. well, there, then that's why his stats at St. John's didn't jump off the page because they didn't exist. I can tell you Correct. what did. 
sophomore and senior. Sophomore uh, in high school, he averages 22 and a half, 9.3 rebounds, and he's named first team all state. And then by the and time MVP of the conference. Yeah, okay. Then 35 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, 5.6 assists, and four steals, and is named Wisconsin's Mr. Basketball by the time he's a senior. What so if he doesn't really start concentrating on basketball until he's 13, but by the time he's 18, he's the best in the state. Why? What happened, man? I mean, did he is it just he naturally took to the sport? Was it dedication to the craft? Like, what do you attribute that success to? At first, I, I came with that same question, believe it or not. And I thought the question I asked it to my son was, I hope you're doing this because you love it and not to prove me wrong. Like, I'm going to show him for him. Because I said, I love my son no matter what. You can see it in everything we yeah, do. Of course, yeah. And he's like, no, Dad, I love this so much. And as soon as he was saying that to me, that he loved it, I knew there was nothing. All it was going to be, the only thing that would hold him back is opportunity. That is yeah. the only thing that would hold our son back. And if you ask anybody, if you, you'd say to Brandon, what, what do you think? As long as he gets the opportunity, not saying, Hey, he needs to be a guaranteed this. No, just give him the opportunity and let him show you. And everyone who has given him the opportunity, he's, he's amazing. Like I said, he is my hero. I mean, it is, it's amazing, but it's not surprising. And Mm -hmm. It's hard to say that because when we talk about that, which I'm sure, again, leads to his character and mine, is a fine line between confidence and arrogance. Mm -hmm. And most people that will tell you, if you know us on there, they go, and somebody says, man, he seems really, when they say the word cocky, we don't look at cocky like, "Mm," you know, like. Oh, he's cocky. His crap don't stink. That we don't yeah. look at it that way. It's he's confident in what he's going to do. He's completing the mission, and he's going to be doing. Uh, Twenty six minutes before we hit record right now, but Jemski had your Brandon by Jemski had a tweet that caught my attention. So the um, the NBA announced the rookies of the month. It was Chet, and I forget the other guy. And then they had another tweet where they they talked about the other players who they considered. And so now we're it's a much larger group of people who they're throwing out there. There's another five or six names. And then the tweet from Brandon, it was just the emoji for somebody taking notes. You know, he had noticed that his name was not included in that, despite being nothing but successful. Here we're looking at the the tweet right now. Um, and what it screamed was, you know, I'll remember this. I take this seriously. And as far as you saying, all he needs is an opportunity. What a perfect transition into college, right? Because he goes to Illinois. They don't give him an opportunity. He gets 17 DNPs. Then he goes to Santa Clara. And my God, did he take advantage of that opportunity? Uh, here's his stat- or stats rather from Santa Clara. 19.9, 8.8 rebounds, 3.7 assists, and named WCC co-player of the year um in fact we have so Kristen peak john is yahoo's draft guru um, but she's also an ongoing guest for our show we have her on all the time and she in fact was just our last guest and we had her on and we were asking her all about pods um and let's play that clip clip number one from kb here's what she said about pajemski both at santa clara and then into the draft compound think of him at playing the way he's playing now, 
think of him playing against mid-major college players and how easy it was for him to dominate like that. And so then you've got like NBA scouts and they're like, okay, yeah, you did that at the mid-major level. Let's see what you do at the NBA draft combine. Same story. Tough as nails, making tough shots, outworking everyone. And when I talked to him at the combine, he's just like, you know, it's been really great having Jay Will kind of in my back pocket, being able to lean on him like, what should I expect in this scenario? What are the what's the interview mm. process like? Like what's what should I go in? Should if I if I have a promise after day one, do I sit? Because Jalen didn't. Jalen he he said the year before, he's like, I came to Chicago to play. I don't, it doesn't, I'm gonna play regardless. Like, I don't care if I get a promise huh. here, here, here. And Brandon was the same way. He's like, I just want to play. Couple of things stuck out to me when KP said that live. Um, the first was that even after what he did at Santa Clara, scouts needed a little bit more. They weren't sure if Pods was going to have a, a real successful career in the NBA. And this makes me look back because we've mentioned it a couple of times. When did you first start thinking, okay, he can do this professionally? You know, he, he goes into basketball. Was there a moment when you allowed yourself to believe, all right, this is an NBA guy? I think you, it all came at once and it would be, me coming to the moment of realizing, you know what? My son is a basketball player. Yeah. And that would have been when he went into AAU. I, like I said, not to sound vain, but I am telling you, there was some, he had that it. And it was like the second that I was like, all right, let's see this basketball thing with an eye roll. And then the people that would watch him. And when he went like the, all the shoe teams that wanted him, on there. He was making that climb and I knew he was going to make it. Like he was, uh, a lot of people don't understand. Like, um, when you, we've been blessed, trust me. I thank God every day for my son, his ability, our family's health, his health, Dub Nation's health. I mean, the team, everything. We're, we're just very thankful for everything. But when we watched him grow on there and the people that we've been fortunate to come in contact with, and they, it, they just happen to be the right people at the right mm-hmm. time. You'll find his story as we talk here came always at the right time. Yeah. Like timing, you know, everybody always says that old cliche, if you're good, they'll find you. No, yeah. I think right. nowadays because of social media and everything, everybody's saying, Hey, I'm over here. I'm over here. Yeah, you're right. It, you have to hit the ground running yourself and make them not find you, but you have to put it in their lap. Yep. Yep. You know, and he, um, this again, dates me, um, and goes too far back into Warriors history, but way back when there was a player named Gilbert Arenas, uh, we know Gilbert now is a multi-time all-star and he, he developed his career really in Washington, but he started as a rookie in Golden State and a very unheralded one. And I remember his first few times when he checked in, you couldn't take your eyes off him. There was no reason to think that he was going to be successful, but the second he took the floor, you, you were forced to recognize his, his talent level. And that was true throughout his rookie year. And then into his sophomore year, the rest of the league started taking note. And unfortunately, his success pushed him out. We couldn't afford him anymore. But when Podzemski really started getting opportunities, that's who it reminded me of. It, it wasn't that their games were similar. It's that the second he came out, 
you could feel the energy switch. You could see his talent. It was an, you know, an undeniable um, upside for the Warriors. And I, for the same reasons I expected big things from Gilbert, I expect it from your son. Um, but let's not, I don't want to jump into the NBA yet. Tell me about draft day, John, because you're there. You're going through it with him. You guys are in the green room. What's that experience like? Well, let me tell you two things on there. One, I, again, I have to, the people that we were surrounded with, Mr. Bill Duffy from WME, who is his agency that he's with, he, he saw the stuff on there and he helped us a lot mm-hmm. as far as telling us what to do. But the main thing that sticks out the day would be the day that we get the call from Brandon. He's down Believe it or not, he's in Atlanta doing a workout to the last minute. Now, this would be on a Monday. He flew out on a Sunday for a Monday workout with them. The draft is on Thursday, (laughs) okay? And we have no clue at this point yet, is he a top 25 pick and going to be in the green room? Everybody is saying it. Everybody is trying to get him in for workouts. Everybody at the Combine, believe it or not, got to sit down and have an interview with him except for two teams. And when WME had their own little private showcase after the Combine, those other two got in. And I was like, they're giving you interviews. And they said, yeah, his calendar or chart was so full because he didn't, the next day he played, as you mentioned. He did not sit out, so they couldn't interview him. But then people all, his schedule was filled to come to, a lot of teams wanted to work him out. Let me see how he is. Let me see how he interviews. You know, they they wanted to see his feel where, you know, what his love of the game is, which no one ever denies his love. He he bleeds NBA. As you see, he's already from his eye to his arms, you know, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's how much he loves this game, you know, to him. And it's been giving back to him ever since. But he he's never, like you just said now about that tweet, that he plays so much with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, it's he knows it. Like, people will always try to say, you know, this about him or that. And he just makes notes of it. And he has goals. But his goals always are the team first. And the rest will sort it out. Yeah. Like, you know, and that it's a proven, a proven thing, you know? And so he doesn't really worry about the noise. Does he check social media? Yeah. But for the most part, not like what people, he's not worried so much of what people are saying about him. If he's, you know, he's a scrub or anything like that, but you know, he takes his own accountability because of his military background. I mean, think about this. Remember when everybody, and he even mentioned that in the tweet, which I'm sure you guys had on there as well, they were saying he was a bust when he was at Summer League. He's Mm -hmm. a bust. He's a bust. And I said, think of the responsibility on how strong he is to come out and say publicly to the world, I know I didn't play good. He like owned it. Have you ever seen a young rookie athlete that's going to own it like Hey, I didn't play good enough and don't worry, I'll be ready when he was getting, you know, to 
get ready for the league for preseason and stuff. Like he knew, like he owns if he's not good, just like that other day, I think when everybody tried to, uh, the comment from Clay Thompson on there about where he was upset that he, he felt he didn't bring enough energy to the Miami game. He owns that responsibility. And it's like they chopped Clay's sentence off in his press conference and said uh, something to the fact of a, a dramatic rookie, but they didn't finish the rest of what he said. And, you know, I guess that's this day and age of clickbait. But he said, you know, he's, I'm paraphrasing, but to the fact that BP can't be 82 games of high energy and everything for us, we have to help him too. I saw you know, that. It's clip. like, yep. yeah, they leave out all the rest of what it, and they go, oh, is Clay worried? Clay is a great teammate to him. Yeah. And the, the team, when we get to that part of talking about the NBA and the players, they are great. But as far as back to what you were saying about draft day, I just remember that the two things that stuck out the most was his agent, Mr. Duffy, having a pre-evening dinner we had with the eight guys he represented. Huh. And he made a toast for everybody in the room to look around at each other, all the families. And he he said, again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but the point was he said, look at everybody in here because... Tomorrow, in 24 hours, this same time, everybody's life will change and all you young men will be millionaires. Yeah. And it, you, that's when it hits you like, whoa, like yeah. this is real. And then when it came the day of the draft, they give you what is, because everybody's, I think there's too many movies that are out. And so everybody portrays it, make, it makes better movie when they say, how would you like to be a warrior, Brandon? Yeah. That that stuff doesn't happen till later. It's strictly the agent dealing with the team and people jockeying, yeah. and they're telling you how things are going. So all he, all we knew was when we got that call on Tuesday that Brandon is in the green room. Get ready, pack your stuff. You're coming out to New York. Brandon's flying from Atlanta right to Jesus. New York to do press. We're like, okay, we knew we were going to go no matter what. If we had to sit up in the stands, it was that one time, like I told him, like, this is something, it's going to be a dated in history. And he's just like, yeah, but if I said, it doesn't matter if you're coming, you're going to shake the same person's hand. You're going to put on the same hat of whatever the team is. And I said, and that's going to go down in history. And I said, and he's like, yeah, we're going. So we were already planning to go on our dime, go gotcha. where we were there and get there. And then I remember when he's going to get picked. The agent usually sits at a different table. He doesn't sit with the player while he's waiting to see. Sure. And we were waiting and they said, what you call it? They thought he was going to Miami because it was between him and Jaime Hakmez on there. And all of a sudden they picked Jaime and we're clapping. And then his phone rang, the golden state warriors are on the clock. And I mean this, like, because he told us before this happened, take in everything you can watch and just 
take it all in the moment because there will never be something like this ever yep. again. Yep. And so I'm trying to remember everything because we had the the fortune of Jalen Williams going the you know sure. the year before. 12. Yeah. And asking his folks and that, and they couldn't remember half of the stuff. <laughs> Plus, Brandon at that time when he was at Santa Clara, he went to with Parker Braun, Christian Braun's brother huh, who okay. also went yeah. and so we knew the braun family and I, so they were in the stands when they got picked and so we're asking them and there was stuff they couldn't like like give me all the full details like i'm like what are we missing what do we got to know yeah. you know so i made it a point of also when he said that to like remember everything and i re just remember them saying uh he's on the clock uh, golden state's on the clock the phone rings He's sitting like three tables over from the last guy that he represented. They stayed there until that person gets picked. Then they come over to the table sure. and then he's there for the cameras. And then he stays at our table for his next guy that still hasn't gotten picked to talk, you yeah. know, to the um, different organizations. And I remember the phone ringing and he's talking and then he just, Got up all suave like and set his phone down. <laughs> he buttons he buttons his suit coat, starts walking towards us and just takes by his breast of his chest and goes like this with his thumb up. And you're like, oh my God. Unbelievable. He's picked by the Golden State Warriors. All right, all right, what do we gotta do? Remember what they tell you, because they tell you ahead of time, take everything off the table, put it under the table, your purses your water bottles, any food, everything under the table because camera crews are going to rush the table and you don't want stuff dumping and spilling. <laughs> That's good advice. Gonna rush it. Huh. And let me tell you, the only analogy that I can give you that's closest to that of how quick they attack the table with cameras, because you got to remember, they're trying not to let it out to the general public sure. yeah. or the arena that has everybody there so they could text out. So they're walking all around, and it's literally like a pit crew at NASCAR when they it have comes to run over. Pit. Sure, yes. Yeah. And I re all I remember part of that part is they he sits down, he unbuttons his jacket, his suit coat, and he turns back to us and he says, "Enjoy this. This is going to be a wonderful thing, and I'm proud for your family. Oh. This is our agent." And all I remember is Pajemski. And it's just everybody with the cameras, the lights are on us and everything. And all I could do was pump my fist for my son because it was like he he got to where he, he wanted to be. And it was, it, it was breathtaking. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards.
cards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. I've been sitting here thinking about uh, the journey of me getting to raise my son, you know, and, and come into, we're already watching basketball. It's the only TV I allow him to watch. Obviously he's too young to know anything other than lights at this point. But, um, you know, I, I expect him to fall in love with your son as he's growing into himself and learning what it means to, to, um, to enjoy basketball. And that's a really, really special thing because your son exemplifies all the characteristics that I want my son to be able to learn from about, you know, how to be a team player, right? How to, how to be competitive, how to be confident without being cocky. Um, so I'm personally very grateful as a Warriors fan that he is the type of role model that we have on this team for this next generation. Wow. I, I thank you. <laughs> uh, my piggyback, although not as, as thoughtfully phrased, more selfish aiming at me, which is I'm really good at, John. Um, I'll, I'll start with an admission, then make it a question. So the first time my kid checked into a game, I uh, was close to tears. My, my wife literally had to tell me, like, you need to get it together. What the hell is it like hugging your son after he has been drafted in the NBA draft? What, I mean, just take what feelings, what thoughts are going through your mind as, as you do that? Honestly, it's probably that out-of-body experience, but the analogy you see on TV where someone's going to like before you're going to pass like it it just ran in reverse so quick of all the hurdles and everything he did to fight for where he was getting it like ran in that second because if you see right before I hug him I stop because I'm still like taking it in like he did it like it's it's literally if you could have had if there would have been a camera that would have panned around to the other side it's like he did it and it was it was running backwards of Santa Clara of Illinois, the you know of how he had to work through that to St. John's, and then before that, Muskego, and it's just like all the stuff and all the times it ran backwards all the way to a little kid in that quick little second, yeah. and then to hug him and pump my fist for him, I it, it was so proud of a moment. Only then to like, as you think you're digesting it, is there a lady that's right there that grabs you by the arm and go, let's go, because she tells you, you got to get to that couch before he's done coming off the stage. So, And that was, I think, the euphoria of that took over because then some of the parents that are on the floor with us that were at that dinner the night before, they're putting their hand up, high-fiving mm -hmm. you. The crowds and Dub Nation that were there, you know, my hat's off to the ones that made the trek there. To and they're screaming, "We've got pods!" Hey, Mister Pods, we oh we got them, and they're all with warrior shirts on, and you're waving to everybody as this lady's bringing you through real quick to get you ready for the couch. Yeah, you know, I of course so. Excellent transition. Um, and Maxime, go ahead and put up Brandon's tweet that you had up a couple of moments ago because it's a good lead in to his NBA career. So I'm reading here. This is um, from Christmas Eve and from Brandon. Quote, two years ago at this time, I had 17 DNPs, I mean, did not play and only played garbage time. One year ago at this time, I wasn't on any draft boards. Five months ago, all I heard was that I was a bust. Started the year out of the rotation. And now I'm starting for the best franchise in the NBA. If I can do it, you can too, which is a, a phenomenal short thrift on, on what he's been able to achieve you know, so far in a very short career. 
John, is he surprising even you? You know, there's, there's, he's he's starting right now. You know, there's night they're going to play tonight. He will be in the starting lineup. Did you foresee this coming in the first three months, or is, is he even more successful than you guys thought? I knew when he went into preseason and he was given that opportunity to play. I I honestly thought he would come off the bench to start. No, that started becoming when injuries came. And unfortunately, um, with Draymond with the suspension. But again, I, I have to stress this to people. And people, like, if they think back about it, it's timing. Timing and opportunity. Yep. Think about this. Just as you guys, uh, the avid Warrior fans that are out there, know. On 11-4, that would have been the day they did, um, November 4th, they had played the Thunder. And Brandon was down in the G League with Trace. That's where he hurt his eye, was in that G League stand. Correct. But he was down there, and that's where Draymond made the statement that we need our rookies back Mm. up here. Okay? Mm. And this is how... Like I say, fate, opportunity, and right place at the right time. That was on November 4th. On November 14th, what has happened? Steph is sitting out. Clay gets in an entanglement with Rudy. Draymond jumps in on it. They're all ejected. Brandon is up there. Hmm. And you have to, I thank Draymond because let's just be real here. If Draymond doesn't ask publicly that the two rookies come up because we're supposed to bond with them. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but what he basically said is, you want us to bond with them all summer. You want them to be a part of this nucleus, have that connectivity. But then the first chance you're shipping them down, no, we need them there. They're already into the fabric of our family. If he doesn't say that, they're down there. That game on the 14th that happens, all right, steps out. Brandon's not being called up for that. They still have with uh, Chris Paul and Corey Joseph there. And what would end up happening is they would have been there. Yeah, he probably would have got called up after that. But would he have gotten the opportunity with only two minutes into the game? Hey, Brandon, go out there and help the franchise. And he goes for 23. And to think about it. Why did he get all the, the reps at preseason? Corey Joseph was out with a back problem. Mm-hmm. He had to step up, and he did. And like I said, because he was given the opportunity. Uh, what's the the great John Wooden quote, right? So John Wooden, the legendary UCLA quote, when he defined luck, he said, luck is preparation meets opportunity. And that's exactly what you are talking about. You know, that you are ready to rock when the opportunity comes and, and you take advantage of it, which is what he did. Uh, Maxime, pull up that mentor tweet. John, I, I, as part of my stalking you, I, I went through your Twitter page or X page, okay. whatever the hell we're supposed to call it now. And this is one of the ones that, uh, that stuck out to me. So, quote, it's great having future Hall of Famers being great mentors to him. I appreciate all of you, Pods family. And then we've got a video that shows Pods hugging both CP3 and Steph. What is it meant to Brandon to have CP3 and, and Steph on this roster? I mean, what, what kind of mentorship have they provided here? You know, that's a very good question. And 
it, you need a little bit of leeway, or I should say backstory to that from what that tweet means and how much that it meant for me to say that. We had what was called Warriors Night, Family Warriors Night, where they rent, it's a couple blocks away, there's like a park right there with a miniature golf and everything. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Stagecoach Greens, I believe. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you see, I, I've been out there a lot, but I don't know the names. I just go, I know where it is. <laughs> I'm embarrassed that I knew it. I brought my kid there enough times. I go to too many damn games. But hey, yeah, trust dude. me. Me and Brandon have already had competitions at the golf course. <laughs> I have not won yet. <laughs> three times and I'm 0 for 3, but I told him, I'll get him. I'll get him. <laughs> but to get back to that story, on that night was just open just to families. And so... Uh, I flew out there with his mother, flew out there, his stepdad flew out there, and his grandpa came out, and we were there. And that was, while we were there, we were talking about, um, we're going to get to meet all of the players and stuff like that. And the thing that people always ask me, did you get to talk to the players? I got to talk to most of the players that were there that showed up at the time we were all there. and they they kind of asked the same question, which brings me to what I had tweeted was because when I went up, I, it, it's funny because everybody calls Brandon all different names. Like, and Brandon doesn't care what, what he's called on there. It's, it's pods. It's B pod. It's Pajemski. Uh, his grandma calls him cha, believe it or not. <laughs> and, and cha stands is the acronym acronym for curly hair assassin. <laughs> oh, <let's go. laughs> yeah. That was his grandma awesome. who came up with that on there. So she calls him cha and some people call him foof, you know, and it's, he doesn't care, you know, he's, he's a NBA basketball player, but to bring us back to what we were talking about, I was very impressed when, and they call him BP. The team really, a lot of them call him BP. And so when I went up to introduce myself and his grandfather to some of the players and stuff, um, Chris Paul was the first one that stuck out the very most on there because it. The, I'm not saying anything that's like secret or anything, but he's a very good man, a very mm -hmm. good man outside of basketball. They mm -hmm. all are. But the thing that, just wowed me first him before step was the fact that he said to me, Oh, you're BP's dad. Let me tell you about your son. Hmm. And I was taken back kind of like, Oh, okay. And he's just like your son. I got to meet him um, during summer league. And he says, and we were out there and then we ended up having uh, practice meaning Steph and they could come to it. So it was their summer summer league team. All the guys, you know, can, had G-leaguers of them and everything. That was their team. Sure. And they came to a practice to see their workouts, how they work out. So it was Steph and Chris Paul. And he goes on to tell me, he's like, your son sat there just watching hmm. and watching. Nothing could deter him from watching. He sat there on them bleachers and watched. And even when they were done, he sat there and watched what they did, everything that you can think of. And he said, and I, he goes, I was so impressed by him. He wasn't about his phone. He wasn't about talking to the other guys that were on the team. He just watched and took it all in. Huh. 
Huh. And we see that, you know, as parents, like we, you know, you know all the little bits of your kid and what he does. And like you, you say to your wife, you kind of bump her and go, look at him, look at him. He's just there or look at her. She's enamored by watching this. And we know it. And it is, but when other people notice it, absolutely his love. And then same with Steph. Steph on there. I remember the day that, again, when we got drafted and we had to fly through the night, then all the way back for press to be introduced to Golden State. And they're giving us a tour. And we come down to the locker room. And I see Brandon's name right next to Steph. And of course, I dropped the, you're with the S word. Shitting me basically, like he's this is just for PR, right? He's oh, not no. next, to John. Us. Feel free to quest as much the fuck you want, don't worry about it. We, we this is a four letter bomb show, drop them <laughs> at your leisure, yeah. And so, I, I basically said, you're, you're shitting me, right? Or this is just because we're here, Jesus and the second Christ. we're gone, pull it down, move <laughs> him over to the other side, he's not there, and they're like, no, he's he's there, and I took the picture of that. And again, that's out on my Facebook too. You know, like we, we tried to have everybody because people don't understand that it's not only Brandon and his path and journey, but Wisconsin guys are really determined to make it to the league. And I don't know if we're the black sheep to Chicago, like Chicago hoopers are, are better than us or it's that Wisconsin's mostly quote unquote known for being a football NFL type guys, rookies coming out and not basketball. So a lot of them play with a chip on your shoulder. And all I have to just say is look at the guys today of 30 teams. I'll give you four that are all Wisconsin guys that are making noise right now. You guys say Brandon, so we'll put him as one. Two, Tyler Hero of the Miami Heat, Wisconsin guy. Three, Tyrese Halliburton of the Pacers, Wisconsin guy. Four, Jalen Johnson of the Hawks, who just came back and is just blowing it up, a Wisconsin guy. It's like they, we, I can't say we because it's not me, they play with such a chip and an edge. And I don't know if it's for one of those two factors, but here, let me add, fuck you, Chicago. None of those four players were from that city. And this is it. <laughs> we are now a Wisconsin show. Let's go. <laughs> and trust me, you know, you bring up about Wisconsin. And so there's such a love and outpouring. Even if you say right now, he's got his ups, he's got his down. Jordan Poole, Washington Wizards, Wisconsin guy. You know, it's, it's guys and they're all guys that like have that same leadership quality and, you know, drive, like we're not going to be denied. And it's, it's a great thing. And trust me, you don't know how bad everybody is excited for him to come on the 13th back home here because the reception for when a Wisconsin guy makes it is so outpouring at the thing when uh Jordan Poole was here just to play there were over a hundred people that came to see him even though he was in Washington Wizards 
Uh, Tyrese Halliburton was just here, had a big crowd too. When the Pacers came here, when Tyler comes here on there, it's, it's a big thing. And so this will be Brandon's truly, it won't be his first time at the Pfizer, mind you. He was there. He got to play when he was with St. John's his sophomore year. They had a game there. But the thing that he was there that a lot of people don't know, and they thought this was going to be his big thing, where he had close to 100 people to see him. When he played for Illinois, Illinois came up to play Marquette at the Pfizer, but he didn't play him. And he wears that chip on his shoulder of that. Because I remember he came out and he hugged me and he says, I feel stupid, dad. He's like, all these people are here to see me and I didn't even play. And so he is so anxious for the love of everybody that's going to be there and outpouring for him. Mm -hmm. And knowing that he is actually going to be out on the court, it, I think that is probably one of his that you would say bucket lists that he has in mind. Like I am looking so forward and he's made comments of it on it, but I think that's what he's waiting for. I mean, the consistent theme we've had going through here is when given an opportunity, he succeeds. Right. And so now if, if he's finally getting that opportunity at the Pfizer, I'm expecting nothing but success. And John, I tell you what, I, I, I was planning on only keeping you 30 minutes. I've kept you almost 70. I, I, oh, really? The, yeah, I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate this. The, I, I was looking forward to today and it exceeded all of my expectations. I hope we didn't bore you or upset you or anything. I hope the, no, this is no, enjoyable on no, your I side. Thank but, you for the opportunity. I, like I said, it's kind of weird because I kind of always say to people, well, why do you want to interview me? I'm, I'm, I'm just the dad, you know, and I, we try to stay in the background. I do support my son 100%. Um, I know there's a lot of people that always say, oh, daddy pods, daddy pods this. He's he's talking. It's like I'm thankful just as much. That's why I usually give everybody like, hey, a like when I see something. Because I know how it is to be a, a fan of you know somebody. And so does my son. My son doesn't go without it. Like I said, you see him where he's got that confidence, that that tongue hanging out, you know, when he does this on there and everybody looks at that. It's funny because I remember him doing that way back. And I don't even know if he remembers that. Do you know what that actually is when he does that with his hands like that? What I think, but he doesn't realize that I think he's doing MC Hammer too legit. Yeah. Remember the songs? No, of course, I, of course I remember that. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. And it's like, too legit to quit. Quit. Yeah. You know? And I don't think, like, he does that, and I think he doesn't realize it, but we used to do that when he was little to that song. And like he said, he never knows what he's going to do with a celebration. I know his tongue comes out all the time and everything like that, but I don't think he realizes it in me and his mother kind of laugh about that and think, does, does he know? Like, does he know? Like when he's doing that, that, you know, I think subliminally he doesn't realize that he's doing too legit because, (laughs) you know, that's what he's, he's doing those same exact, you know, things from that song. I will be laughing about that every time I see it from here on (laughs) out. And hopefully you'll let us drag you out from the background and put you in the foreground every now and again, man. We'd love to do this again with you in, in the future. Hey, I appreciate you. I mean, it was easy. You know, you guys were great. You know, like I said, 
I'm just his dad, you know, and he's my hero. And like I said, I can't thank Dub Nation. Not only for Dub Nation is bigger than I ever thought. I mean, it has such a world from Brazil to even our motherland of Poland, you know, and it's 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 crazy, but we embrace it. We love it, you know, and we know like you love him when he's good. And I'm sure when he doesn't do something right, you watch it go there, but we're used to it, you know, on there, it's, it's going to happen. And we realize, you know, it's a business, but it's fandomonium. Yeah. And we thank you, you know, like I said, our family to yours, you know, both of yours for uh, inviting me on. Like I said, it was a great time and I appreciate it. Pleasure was ours. The feeling is mutual towards Brandon, at least as far as, uh, Dub Nation is concerned, you know, go Warriors, go Brandon, yes, go Warriors uh, yeah, the, the whole nine yards. And yeah, man, thanks again. And like I said, hopefully we'll, we'll get uh, a chance to do this again down the line. Appreciate you. You guys have a great evening and go Warriors. Take it easy, John. Thanks, man. Good, good. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker. Engineering your success.